one is all things, all life, all love. We all come together in the form of energy, though we may exist on different vibrations. Our sound is one, our unity is one, and our life is one. Keep shining.
It's the 17th. We in 2017. The 2017 Slam team is on the show tonight. Might as well be episode 17 and just stick with that number. That's what we're going to call it. How y'all doing? Thank you for tuning in. I am your humble host, Keisha K. Boogie Shantae. And um, it's just good to be in the service. Um, Tonight is so poetic. My One of my favorite, favorite nights. Um, of the podcast series every Monday night. I love the third Mondays because we get to listen to poetry, and I am a poet. I am a spoken word artist. I am a writer. And so there's very few things that I enjoy more than reading and writing, experiencing and enjoying poetry. So tonight we have very, very special guests. Um, I'm thankful that they agreed to come onto the show. We have representatives of the Houston 2017 Slam Team. We have the sisters, the sisters, because this is Circle Sister Podcast, you know, so we repping for the women always, always, always. So the sisters are going to come on the show and represent. I don't know what they're going to share um, I really don't care. Whatever it is, I know it's going to be heat. It's going to be fire. Because if you know anything about slam, you know that it is competitive poetry. What does that mean exactly? That means that the people who make the slam team are not just random poets. And as a poet, <laughs> as a former member of the slam team, I feel that there are there's different levels to poetry. I don't it is what it is. And while we love poets and we encourage everyone to write and share their art and to, you know, use use it as and to work through their issues, by all means there's a place for that and there's a space for that. How to the ever slam is not one of those places unless you can do it creatively enough that the audience um, feels somewhat impressed upon by your work. So the slam team, typically it's judges between three to four. I think it's like four or five judges. It's been a minute, y'all. But um, it's, like, it's like four or five judges, um, and they they get to rate you on a scale of one to ten, like straight up. You get up on stage, you spit your piece. And um, and they get to rate you. And, you know, if you if you uh, excel and you outrank the other poets who are also up there being judged, then you win. And you get to go to the next level and the next level and the next level. And so the 2017 Slam team is at the top of their level in Houston, and they are on their way to Colorado for the Nationals. The big, the, the what's it, the, the the big part, the big, the ocean, right? <laughs> they ranked in the, the, the pond of Houston, and now they finna go with the big fish. And they'll be fine. They'll be fine. It's a wonderful experience, and, and they're going to do wonderfully. So, yeah, in a few minutes, we're going to bring on representatives from the 2017 Slam team. Woo-hoo. Um, Let's see, announcement. August 20th. So a little bit over a month from now, uh, we are hosting Circle Sisters Podcast is hosting a a school supply drive in Freedmantown, Texas. Listeners, you all know that about a month ago, we did a tour 
We teamed up with Priscilla Graham, and um, we hosted a tour in Freemantown, Texas. And so we are returning now to give back. And we want to, um, we're teaming up with um, the Fourth Ward Center for Health and Education Community Center. And we are going to um, gift their students with with some school supplies. I mean, if y'all know, if, if you've ever bought school supplies for children, then you know how expensive it can get. Like, honestly, I didn't know. I had no idea until I had a daughter and had to buy school supplies. And I was like, geez, I thought school was free. What happened to that? Yo, school is not free. And don't let them have uniforms, right? I wanted to gift uniforms as well. However, we're in such, you know, it's such a short, limited amount of time. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to do the uniforms. However, hopefully next year we can also gift uniforms because between the uniforms and the school supplies, it can get really pricey, especially if you have more than one child. And let's just be honest, you know, the families in, in Free Midtown, um, many of them are below the poverty line. Many of them, um, they only have, you know, one parent working, if if that. And so um, just to help the mamas out, to help the daddies out, like, you know what I mean? Help them out. Um, Freedman Town is just getting whooped up on every which way. So let's just help them out, help the babies. You know, however you may feel about it, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the babies. And um, we want to make sure they have what they need to to learn. You know what I mean? We we want to make sure they're able to get their education. So bring the paper, bring the pencils. We're going to do tours. And so instead of accepting um, money for the tours, we are accepting school supplies. So you bring the school supplies, bring at least $10 worth. You know what I'm saying? If you buy a nice little trapper keeper, <laughs> that's about $10 right there. So bring that and... Um, you know, in exchange, we will give you a walking tour of Freeman Town, so you'll get to learn some of the history and the legacy, and um, it'll be a good thing, right? And so we also have a 501c3 number. If you bring, you know, $100 worth and you want to put it off, you know, write it off on your taxes, then we can have that 501c3 number for you to make sure that, you know, it 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 um it evens out for you. Ah, let's see. Any more announcements? Um, of course, the website is www.dorazora42.com. The blog is on there. The link to the archives to the show is on there. I got some poems on there. And you can pre-buy my book. Yeah, that book. We got to talk about that book, y'all. <laughs> We're going to talk about the book. Right now we're doing pre-sales. I pulled it back. I gave a couple people copies, but I pulled it back. I'm not ready to release it yet. Still working on it. I want it to be just right. So you can definitely order it. Um, and as soon as I publish it, yours will be in the mail. And I'm going to give you all a special treat, too. Everybody who's pre-ordered, um, I'm going to give you all, you know, something special for 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 having that faith in me. So I appreciate it. So I, it looks like both of our callers are on the line. So um, I wanted to do a meditation, y'all, but I don't know what to meditate about. So I'll tell you what. Let's just take a moment. Breathe in, breathe out. <sighs> breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. It is Monday. It is the beginning of the work week. 
and um, just set your intentions of what you want to accomplish the rest of this week. You know what I mean? What do you want to do? What do you want to do that you did not get a chance to do last week, specifically when it comes to your art? You know, so everybody has some type of art, whether it's drawing, writing, dancing, maybe basketball is your art, maybe karate is your art, maybe love, maybe sex is your art. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Maybe, um, maybe you maybe get money. Maybe you're able to craft and 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 maybe you're 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 a creative and you come up with these wonderful ideas. Just think about what you're good at, your passion. Hold it in your mind, hold it in your mind, and just come up with one or two steps to forward your agenda. Maybe cutting hair is your art. Maybe braiding hair is your art. So maybe you want to, you know, um, come up with a new a new style this week. Maybe you want to get one step further in opening up your own shop this week. Maybe you want to save $20 this week. You know, instead of going out to eat for lunch, maybe you bring your lunch. Or maybe you fast for that day and you save that $20 and you put it towards whatever it is you want to put it towards. Save Monday. Monday is moon day. It is the day to um, just really set your intentions and, and think about, you know, your dreams and your goals and, and hold on to those. Remember what those looked like. And if you don't have any dreams or goals, I need you to go get some. Remember when you were 18 and the world was your oyster? What did you think about? Maybe being a mother is your passion. If that's your passion, you want to be the best mother you can be. Think about ways you can improve, you know. Maybe cleaning your house. <laughs> no, whatever it is, set your intentions. Just take one minute, breathe in, breathe out. Exercise. Have you exercised? Have you stretched lately? Maybe just stretching. Let's just stretch. Touch your toes. You know what I mean? Hey, we getting up. In it's crazy, but that's that's serious. You got to make sure your spine stays flexible. So, yeah, I'm going to play this song, and when we come back on the other side, we hear from the sisters. Negative vibe and keep track and jacket on the stamina with the passion and pantamina. I shake spins with my vocal vibranium shield that's blessed by Tajala's queen mother. I create to be late to be late. What's the reason for this lost time and costly diamonds? The root of conflict, the platinum state of our race. I chase the pace though. Pace will stay low, prenatal. Waiting for the day I fade ho. My call is intact, so I got that. I never retract the fact to stay black and able. My mama sung a story about Mabel, Papa sitting playing giant steps at the Lord's table. Coltrane dropped the jewels that are spun into cords and scripts to slay you. ESG erase you. MSND infest our mentality. 
Look at all these Africans in America, reppin' Italy. Nzinga and Fima Hannibal, humble MC Cannibal, West Coast flows a Hannibal. All the way to Copenhagen, Chris one, two, groovin' to the master elements of what he pursued. But um, I'm a groupin' just to keep it real with you. Gotta move on out the neighborhood, my kids need better pictures to review. Review. Jail was now a state prison, so sick of this. Mass enslavement, so ridiculous. Tears from my tribe, 80% of us. Now you tell me who the center is. I reach into ash and find an ember so that I can spark a fire to admire. Babylon falls down in a riot. You too quiet. Seems your voice is on a diet. Scream out about your lack of choice and be glad you tried it. Be bolder. Lace your rhyme pad with blindness. I digress because the truth remains that no individual, including I, can see the whole picture of what it really is. But they trying hard to steal black kids and I can't stand it. I'm preparing for the day to be there when I can damage it. Dismantle it with my worldwide crew. Check the revolution on the TV station called you. Check the revolution on the TV station called you. Check the revolution on the TV station called you. Check the revolution on the TV station called you. Right. Check the revolution on the TV station called you. All right. I'm opening up your lines, 832 488 and 713 384. Welcome. Hey, how are you? Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. Ebony, which one are you? 832 or 713? 713. All right. Hey, Miss Ebony, how are you? Hey, I'm great. How about you? Doing good, girl. Doing good. And for Miss Rain, that must be you on A32 Pieces. How are you? Hey, how are you, Keisha? I'm doing Hello? good. I'm doing good. All right, ladies. Well, thank y'all for being on the show. I'm not gonna talk too much because um, I want. I was just. I'm ready to hear this fire. But I did want y'all to, if you could, introduce yourself, tell me a little bit of, well, tell our audience, rather, a little bit about who you are, how you came to make it on the SLAM team. Um, Let's see, Ebony, you can go first, sis. Okay, okay. Well, my name is Ebony Rose. Um, You know, I just love doing poetry. Uh, The way I was able to make it on the SLAM team I wanted to be on the SLAM team was one of my goals this year, and the way that the process works, you have to compete, and then there's a final, and, and, you know, and I believe that everything, you know, happens for a reason, because originally I wasn't on the team, but then some things transpired to where I was fortunate enough to be on the team, you know, so that's how I made it on there. Okay. How did you, um, how did you come to be a poet? Oh, man, you want the short version or the, the long version? We got time, girl. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was just, it was one day I was at church. I was at prayer meeting, 
And we were praying that, you know, God reveals our gifts and we use our gifts mm-hmm. and things like that. And in the middle of my chest, right, I felt something opening up like a flower. And then afterwards, we were praying in the circle. It was like me and three other people, one person I didn't know, right? And so then after church, like this guy, the man who I didn't know, he came up to me. He was like, God told me to tell you something. I'm like, who, me? Because I've never, because I had never, uh, you know, I've never had that happen to me before. But he was just like, God told me to tell you that you're going to write a book of poetry, and that's going to be your way to minister to people. So up until that point, like I I write every now and then, but it was just like something I do. And so from that day, like I started taking it more seriously, knowing that that's, that's my purpose. Like my purpose is connected to my poetry. Oh, wow. Somebody, what's it, propylicitized. I I don't know how to pronounce the word, y'all. But, yes, they did that to you. (laughs) That's what's up. Glad you made it. I'm glad you took that, you know, as a word from God, and you went ahead and walked in it. Mm-hmm. It's right, been nothing but blessings on blessings since then, though. Yeah, because you on your path. You are following your path. That's that's how it works, sis. Well, you continue to do that, and I look forward to you hearing. Well, you might have to pray for us. We had Kimberly on the show, Sister Kimberly, a couple of weeks ago, and she prayed for us before we left out. So we might have you pray us on now. Would you mind doing that? Yeah, I don't mind. Okay, well, before we leave, sis, I want you to give us a good word. All right, Sister Rain, how are you? Hey. And, and how did you get here? I, I've i been slamming since 2011. But I got into poetry because I wrote a book in 2006, and it was a book of poetry. And I just started doing spoken word because I that was the only only way that anybody was going to know about the book or know about me or anything. Mm-hmm. So I started doing spoken word in 2007. But I've been writing for maybe – I've been writing for about 15 years, but I had never shared anything before 2006. Yeah, I remember you from back in the day. I remember you. I you used to be quiet. Come <laughs> on, quiet. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's what you brought me out of my the section with Socrates and them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that brought me out of my sadness when I started doing poetry, so I'm good now. Well, good. good, good, good. You, you kept at it, y'all. That's what's up. So, yeah. is Cedric, it's, I don't know, I don't want to know. Okay. Yeah, is Cedric okay. still the slam captain or is it um is it Vincent? Well technically he's still the slam master on on slam paper, master. but Vincent is okay. the coach and I'm the assistant coach. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Brother Vincent. Um, yeah. I know he said he had to he had something going on tonight, so he wasn't able to come on the show. But um yeah. hopefully he'll send over his poem. He has a poem, I think it's about a sister with anorexia. So hopefully we'll hear yeah. that. If not yeah. this <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> Well, thank you so much for 
do y'all have before we start the torture, do y'all have any do y'all have any who y'all's inspiration? Do you if you have any, do you have any favorite poets or favorite writers? My favorite um, writer is actually uh, a German writer, uh uh Anna Akmatova. And I listen to okay. her work a lot. But well not her well it's her work but it's translated in uh in English. So I listen to that a lot and read a lot of the stuff that she wrote because uh, I think she wrote that stuff like back in the early 1900s. So, yeah, okay, what's, what's the name again? Anna Akhmatova. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, some of my favorite poets, and I, I love them. I love their writing, but I, I really like dig their performances. Uh, one is Jackie Hill. I love her. Um, Jasmine Mans and Alicia. I can't think of her last name right now. Like her writing is phenomenal. It's like very descriptive and it's like really visual. And that's how I like to write too. Like paint the whole picture for you. And um, those are my inspirations. And then like life itself. Like it's hard for me to write about something. If I haven't really experienced it, so just life in general and my relationships with other people, you know, sometimes like I pull from their lives and write it. Okay, nice. Okay. Well, if y'all are willing, I would love to hear some poetry. We would love to hear your poetry. Um. You know, did y'all have anything prepared to share? Yeah. Yes. Yay. Okay, well, whoever whoever wants to grab the mic. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. All right. One day I'll write a poem about a black woman, about her strength and how it carries the weight of a thousand worlds. I'll tell you how she was built, torn down and built up again. Yo, I'll snitch on her arms and how they stretch wide enough tell you how she got there. How the fight preyed on her endurance. How she whispered through pyramids day and night begging for the safety of her soul. Nobody ever sees the cracks in her strength. The times when she screams inside of herself. When letting go seems less painful than holding on to a blistered life. Nobody hears. How her spirit rumbles inside of her when there's nothing left to turn to. When her family and friends only give her the tarnished pieces of themselves. I'm going to write this poem about this amazing black woman with her afro, a braids, a fabric, weft from her mind to be beautiful and peerless. I'll tell you how pink people see this as bizarre. How they desire to touch it as if it would give them special powers, but they don't know that there's a story knotted in every strand of her locks. So maybe they do. Maybe they know and don't care because the murder of ropes and black skin is nothing new to them but this black woman she's rare and exquisite not bitter and angry like the label she's given she wears her head high even when her shoulders are sunken when her back is bulging you can't throw a beast inside of her and expect her to just stand still she is strong and determined with her voice cracked and bleeding she continues to bomb her throat with fire she is a thug whisper a body snatcher, snatching the bodies of our babies from the bite of corruption. She uses her experiences to vaccinate minds when her spirit is crunched like numbers. She finds a way to total herself whole, to put her best mind forward for the good of those around her. This black woman plucked 
from the belly of a child who couldn't teach her the basics of life. She learned early on that a dry breast produces no milk, and in order to be fed, she had to suck on knowledge from beyond her walls and still stand strong in her work. With her foundation split like the mind of a poet, she comes from a vein of people with mixed morals, some who's never going anywhere, others who have forgotten where they come from. This black woman is the bone of the family, the structure, the platform, the field. One day, I'm going to write this poem about this amazing black woman, but her range flows so deep and wide, I wouldn't know where to begin. Yes, write it. <laughs> snap, snap, snap. Yes. yes. All right. Woo. I love all it. Right. Get him, Ebony. All right, all right. See, now you actually made me think about this piece I had when you were talking earlier about um, chasing your dreams and your purpose. Uh, and, you know, my the first thing people, you know, like, I can't. And so I just, like, kind of, like, wrote a response to that. To me, like, can't? What's that? Hmm. Besides limitations placed on us by individuals who want to keep us small, keep us small enough to fit in their palms to be folded eight times to fit in their wallets. See, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being treated like pocket-sized origami. I'm convinced that my gray matter was formulated with the same chemical composition as aluminum because I think I can. Not a word that leaps forth off the diving boards of man's lips, but the intentions to cannonball into my thought stream can change my current path. See, my convictions are too deep to be swerved by words so shallow that they need lifeguard supervision and life jackets in the kiddie pool. Do you feel the same? Does your certainty illuminates bright enough that a shadow of a doubt can creep in. If not, open yourself up to receive a couple of watts, see, because your dreams are not too big. The problem is your social circle has become a pretentious pajama party, and you you are peak polished stained sleeping bags and cotton candy scented bunk beds. They are all just sleeping on you. Well, here's a shotgun ringing out in the library just in case you were sleeping on your stuff. See, the seed wouldn't have been planted if your soil couldn't produce it. So believe until that seed cracks open and is rooted in your spirit. Water it daily with the words that come from the well within. Believe. Place solar panels on your actions and double tap your photosynthesis until instantly every gram of your heart is involved. Believe. We all know what happens to a dream that's deferred. Let's see what happens to a dream when it's nurtured. Amen. Yes. I think I can. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. (laughs) That's what's up. I love it. All right. Well, ladies, um, if y'all have another one, y'all are welcome to share it. Or if you okay. have or if there if you have if you know any um poems by maybe your favorite artist, um, you can share their poems if you have any written down or you know, if you have the book close. Um, I know it's kinda short notice. Of, yeah, I'll share another uh-huh. one of mine. Uh, I don't have any I, I never memorize anybody else's stuff. I know that's bad, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh let's see. 
somewhere. In the separating stages of Alzheimer's, there's a man with faded eyes. He walks past me wearing this familiar bow that hinders his knees from touching. With his clockmaker mind warped around time, I the past candy cut at the base of his neck. A scar he wore proudly in the spill of his heroic tales. He was the only person to successfully extract quarters from behind my ears. My grandfather played too much. He never allowed his pain to bring tears to my eyes. He took every smile that fell from my face and tucked it between Bible leaves. He knew that I'd find it there in moments when my heart hung heavy, like toe tone recessions. I often wondered how much of his wisdom came from pocketbook parables. He condensed decades of his life into rocking chair moments. Now he barely remembers his own name. He used to be the who's there to my knock-knock jokes. Now these jokes are his reality. Only chips of his memory remains intact. Pieces that are too old to connect the dots. Dots that are too small to connect the mind. He's only a splinter of himself. And I, I want my grandfather back. I want to trace mm. my time through tangles of his twisted trail, hoping, hoping that it'll leave it to the heart that beat my fears to sleep. I wonder if he remember the soft cup of my ear against his chest and the wisdom he poured into me. I missed the raspberry tickles and the bend of my neck and whatever possum was, he, he played it like a pro. Tick-tock, my grandfather clocks out of his mind as if his shift was over. With his brain ticking, timeless and turbulent, he wears confusion like final breath. Tick-tock, this wooden box of a man cracks in front of me. Terror covers his face like a shroud. His eyes a pendulum to remember my role. His voice drags like a wounded spirit. He carries his coffin in the slouch of his back. Tick-tock, I have to save him. So I compressed myself into moments when time was nothing more than a clock face number blow dust of memories that stand between us hoping, hoping that he'd chime in long enough to recognize my smile. Tick-tock, but he only thinks at midnight. His mind too heavy to sleep on glass pillows. It's six o'clock, and his brain is still clicking at noon. Tick-tock, we clutch. Our hands fade as if every minute holds secondhand reason. Now clenching, 70 years in the tick of his throat, his tongue has developed a stubborn behavior. Tick-tock, his alarm rings. As silent as the fight in his spirit. Tick-tock, daylight has given up on him. Tick-tock, there's nothing left. But a memory waiting to be forgotten. Tick tock, I stare at him with riddles in my chest. Tick tock, praying that he don't bury himself alive while playing dead. Tick as his time stopped. Woo! Girl, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. That's beautiful, sis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You articulated that very well. Thank you. Yeah. You you know, have you thought about I mean I know you're already focused on, you know, slam and, and, and this is the main project right now with your poetry. But that would that's something I would definitely send to, you know, to the Alzheimer's dementia um, um, organizations, you know, just yeah, that's yeah, you know, what I mean, that's that's definitely something that, because that's unfortunately, you know, so many of us, as, as our grandparents and our parents age, you know, it's becoming very common, and so I think that would definitely help people with their healing process, and you know, just 
it puts words yeah. to something that's so complicated and, and just hard to express. And that was beautiful. I got tears, girl. Woo, yes. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, I, I have to admit it, Dad. I just haven't done it yet. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something other people need to hear. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Miss Ebony. All right. You got another all right. one? I do. I have another one. Okay. Another one. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> See, I'm not here to argue about his facial features. I'm not here to convert atheists into believers. I'm just trying okay. to say the way school needs teachers, the way Catholic needed Regis, that's the way I need Jesus. All right. <laughs> How can you believe in Jesus? See, you are all slick black with midnight hidden in your melanin, million men marching in your footsteps, your fingertips still have nightmares about 100% cotton, and you... Eating that fruits of the gospel is 100% rotten, swarming with time flies. Your history, you have 100% forgotten. See, I doubt your ancestors' hands were raised and praised while on their slave ships, willingly listening to the words of King James. You see, was an eyewitness seeing scripts engraved on flesh and preached in blood on their slave ships. The ebony pieces of self were executed, leaving voids the size of potholes. Your holy ghost was birthed on their slave ship, the name of the very first slave ship. Hmm. Jesus. Jesus, how can you believe in Jesus? Okay, okay, I know, I know. You want to know how I believe in Jesus? And I know you want to teach me a history lesson because you think his story has been used against me as a weapon, hijacking my consciousness and flying me into mindless obedience. But one flick of this terrorist will show you why I believe in Allah, the gospel about Jesus. See, now you might say, man, you believe because that's all you ever heard. I say mm. it's because I've heard doctors panicking, my mama's soul pleading, my heart monitor singing mm. in falsetto, and the kiss of death approaching, holding mistletoe, see, but Jesus. Mm. Now, you might say, you believe because that's all you ever saw. I say it's because I saw a shotgun house remodeled by 17 gunshots, mm. and the occupants sleep through the construction. I saw my mama missing. I saw Dried blood on the coffee table, the signature of a nine millimeter, a millimeter above where I was sleeping. I saw mm. red and blue lights, spray spray paint the sky, my new version of the American flag. I thank God I saw my mama one hand as bloody as a battlefield, the other hand raised in liberty, saying her pledge of allegiance. Thank you. Jesus, see, now you want to know why I believe in Jesus. I've seen cancer-ridden bodies revived in the name of Jesus. I've seen AIDS run back to wherever it came from in the name of Jesus. I've seen addictions broken and people made whole all in the name of Jesus. And now as for me and all of my poetry, everything I write and everything I recite, I will always end it in the name of Jesus. Woo, come on, say that. 
um, on behalf of Houston and to show other, you know, show the world, you know, how Houston gets down. And so um, the sister says another event that we can go to is going to be um, with this Wild and Out. It sounds like a really great show. It seems like it's going to be a really fun atmosphere. And y'all got it? Y'all got the, um, I'm not doing it. All right, is that uh, Cafe Luxor? Uh, 3730 so if anyone, you know, well, as they look at the archives, that information will be on the archives. So okay. we we just spoke with Miss Rain and Miss Ebony, and um, you can go see these sisters live, these beautiful women live at the Luxor on the 28th. And yeah. Miss uh, Ebony, 27th, 27th. Is that a Thursday or Friday? Or That's a Thursday. 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 Thursday night. Thursday. Okay, gotcha. Okay. All right, so Thursday night. You can go to work on Friday feeling good. Yeah. All right, Miss Emily, well, you said you were going to pray us out, sis. So even though your, your poem pr- kind of was a prayer, but, um, yeah, if you would just bless up the energy, bless up the podcast, bless up your teammate, um, and then we will talk to you later. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> All right, you know. Okay. All right, our Father, thank you so much for bringing us together on this night. I pray that you continue to lead us and guide us and let us use our gifts to edify your kingdom and to magnify your name. I pray for the podcast, God. I pray for the host, hostesses of the podcast that you continue to let them grow, and I pray that you bring them increase. And whatever they sow, I pray that they are able to reap it a hundredfold. Thank you so much for our team. Thank you for solidarity. I just pray that you are in the midst of everything that we do. Lord, in your word, you say, well, two or three coming together, you will be in the midst. So thank you for being with us right now on this podcast, and I pray that you bless everyone who's under the sound of my voice. Your daughter, son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That. I would thank, thank you, you so much for having us. Come and hug your necks and, and personally shake your hand. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I'll be blessed. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, so. You know, this podcast is Circle Sisters, and in our circle, you know, all sisters are welcome, all faiths are welcome, you know what I mean? And ain't nothing wrong with getting a little blessed up. So I'm about to bless my daughter up if she don't lay down. Bless her up real nice and proper. <laughs> she's she's sitting in tonight. Just came back from um, a camping trip this weekend um, in northern Texas, and so... Still, oh gosh, on cloud 13, um, the weekend was just, it was beautiful. It really, really, really was. Look for the blog post um, in the next coming days. I'm going to blog about my experiences there. Um, I told y'all I'm a camper, so just remember that when you get ready to try something different, 
Um, when you get ready to try something new, holla at your girl, and um, I can link you up, you know, with a camping trip. Some of the trips you need to bring your own tents and your own supplies, and some of the trips, all that is provided. When we do the Texas State uh, State Parks camping trips, all you have to do is bring yourself and, you know, your sleeping bag um, and, and, and some food. And everything else, the tents and the cooking, you know, cookware and all that kind of stuff, we provide for you. So, yeah, 713-338-9343, 713-338-9343. Or you can send me an email to circlesisters13, circlesisters13 at gmail.com. And um, I will put you on the list for notifications for future camping trips. So, yeah, but I said that to say my daughter, you know, needs to lay down and get ready to go to sleep. And um, on the other side of this song, we will briefly, briefly review our book study. Um, And then we'll talk to you all next week. Next week we have another special treat, very special treat. Um, It's going to deal with fashion. So, yeah, Cold Red. Is that what you wanted? Mm-mm. Mommy in the booth. I'm singing. I can't call mommy. You been a good girl? No. No. Say new Monica. New Monica. Say Code Red right here. Code Red right here. Code Red right here. Y'all sound the same, let me hear something new We tired of that junk that you sing in the booth You know we the truth, let me give you this proof Call 911, better ring the alarm When it's come on, they be dropping them bombs We tired of hearing them same old five songs Man, I be wanting to turn that issue off I swear the game might be over Somebody give them some photos Cause you can't be sleeping no more, no And you can't see me with no photos I'm trying to change up the world I'm focused on my baby girl And even though she only won She know you ain't talking about nothing It's like we got no Over your head, we so creative, creative. we versatile. 
that come red. <laughs> All right, Inanna, Lady of the Largest Heart. But before I do that, I wanted to share a couple poems since it is um, so poetic. And I want to share one from each element. So let's start with water. Closer. Remember, remember, hold each other closer, tighter, stronger. Let no space breathe between your bodies. May your souls meld together like steel. Your minds sink into telepathy. So when they try, them, they, those who suck the life out of bone marrow, when they come for you, to separate you too, even when she tries to push away, to walk away, even when he runs away, there is no escape because you share the same breath. Because this is the aftermath. We are in the fallout, and the rules no longer apply. Well, they never applied, really, because he is a target on the street corner and in the bedroom. Face him out, they say. And she is a target. Her morals and her decency, her ability to nurture, face her out, they say. And we hurt the ones we love. And we hurt the ones who love us. And we are hurting, and no one cares enough to offer a safe place. Just blame and denial and fear and blinders and shame and fear and distractions and fear and fear and fear of death and fear of life and fear not. Heaven is inside. Heaven is between you and her. Heaven is between you and him when there is no confusion. When your embrace is so close that you can see inside their power. You can feel their power. You can draw out their power. You can recharge their power. You become their power, and they become yours, and nothing else matters, and nothing else matters, and nothing even matters no more. Then, then we are ready. Air. Grandmaster teacher Bobby Hemet or the upside down room. This tree of life, this arbor of knowledge, this excuse me, this tree of life, this arbor of knowledge, good and evil you was warned to avoid. These empty shells walking around babbling loud and angry hell. They say angels whisper as if hope is a secret. The audacity to dream and not follow through looks like this. Believing in God but blind eye avoiding evil in front. You're behind. Sometimes I come here alone. Not the empathetic alone. The warrior's version. The path of the chosen and accepted. The path I machete chop myself. We fire breathe in lotus pose and we hear voices inside. Like schizophrenia No, I'm not off kilter I'm upside down and reversed Green and brown earth pH balance She was made with bounty Yet they see this vision Subtracted until earth was what it is now Unequal, out of equilibrium Yes, no, we are not the same Some add, some subtract That's how it is Looking at the tree, listening to the roots Root works, leaves and flowers Branches and trunks of life here before us Ancient watcher, ginker and elder and magnolia, pineal pine cones, carry a seed under my tongue, gather in her grove, dancing naked under moonlight, and everything like that in their, uh, mm-hmm. no, Bobby say that, and everything like that, 
No, I did air. I did water. Okay, Earth. Saturn. It's fear. Fear of an uncontrollable force. I, as a woman, must voluntarily surrender because the force comes naturally, primal, and it's summertime. Heaven help us all. And last but not least, that is fire. I don't think so. Let's see. That was Earth. I thought I sectioned off my fire. Water. Let's see. That was air. Let me find a good fire. That's not a good one. Let me find something saucy. So saucy. Let's see. Do-do-do. I had a bunch of fire at the beginning. That's why I redid it. Because. Fire. <clears throat> Color red right here. Well. Mm, don't want to read that one. No. I'm going to say that one for the book. Can't get y'all that one. Let's see what else. All right, y'all. Well, fire does not want to be read right now because, well, I'll read this one. This one's called Submerged Within the Light. Now is the time for love poems. Time for love poems. Now is the time for love poems. Now is the time for love poems. Now, writing love poems. Time for love. Now is the time. All right. That wasn't too saucy. All right, y'all. So here we go. Chapter 3, page 23, the robes of the old, old gods. The goddess Inanna is an expression of an ancient spiritual belief that the gods and goddesses reside in the infinite forms of the material world around us. This principle of the immanence of the divine in matter appears to be the underlying religious conviction of Paleolithic and Neolithic cultures in Europe and in ancient Near East. Because there was no writing in these earlier periods, so it didn't say, we can only deduce the belief from the artifacts that remain. There is a preponderance of visual evidence that, as in Bronze Age Mesopotamia, these ancient religions revolved around ritual worship of the divine process as it unfolded in the natural world. In Hiduanana's poetry provides a vivid description of the worship of a goddess who is imminent in nature. Her writing is a treasure of ideas and practices that likely show traces of very ancient beliefs. As I began to grasp Inanna's multi-faced character, I wanted to know if she inherited her paradoxical nature from some ancient ancestress. I looked to Mesopotamian history for the answers. The first evidence of religious practice in Mesopotamia comes from the bones of the Neanderthals. Let me read that again. The first evidence of religious practice in Mesopotamia comes from the bones of the Neanderthals. Four skeletons lay buried in Shunadar Cave in the Zagros Mountains that span Iraq's eastern boundary. The burial dates 
from 50,000 BCE, archaeologist Ralph Soliki found fossil pollen at Shinadar, evidence that their Neanderthal kin brought, brought rare flowers from many miles away to scatter on the bodies of the dead. Like upper Paleolithic settlements of Homo sapiens, like upper Paleolithic settlements of Homo sapiens, are evident in Iraq, Kurdistan. These first inhabitants of the ancient Near East lived in caves or temporary camps. In northern Iraq, around 10,000 BCE, near Shinanar Cave, which had been inhabited by their Neanderthal ancestors, a group practiced a ritual that included the wearing of goat heads and the wings of the white-tailed sea eagle. Such scenes were found depicted in the much later 5600 BCE culture of Ketel Hayok in central Turkey, a settlement on the trade routes of the early Mesopotamians. Painted on the walls of shrines at Ketel Hayok, are human figures with feathered wings on their arms. This motif appears to be a human imitation of the deity as a great bird. Inanna, in Heduanana's poetry, flies over her domain as a bird, repeating this ancient practice. The similarities in these ritual images, separated in time and location, may be only a coincidence inherent in the range of images that can express certain spiritual beliefs, or they may indicate the continuity of a widespread common story, as J.G. Van suggests. I'm going to stop there. So um, I am going to submit that, although this author obviously thinks that, you know, these are feathers and that they painted them on these people to, you know, um, imitate the, 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 um, to imitate the, basically to anthropomorphize, uh, the gods and, and, and the people of that time, I would just put that what if, what if there were creatures um, how did fifty fifty thousand years ago, BCE? So so fifty thousand years ago BCE. What if there were creatures that actually had wings? I mean, is is that possible? Could there have been maybe something on this earth that had humanoid features, but also perhaps had wings? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. We're gonna jump to. We're going to jump to page 29. The origin of the Sumerians continues to be a subject of considerable debate. Some scholars believe the Sumerians migrated from the Iranian Plateau region long ago. Archaeologist Joan Oates says, Although we cannot deny the possibility of an Iranian origin for the Mesopotamian cultures in question, there is certainly no positive evidence to support this hypothesis. She makes a convincing case for the continuity of the culture from Ubad times onward, citing a number of ongoing temple features, including the architecture textual arrangements of the rooms, location of ritual burning, the decoration of the facade, libation vessels, 
certain offerings and the symbol of the snake. When in her poetry, in Anana uses images such as the first snake or Mistress Eagle or described Inanna as a great bird cycling the sky or juxtaposes Inanna's terrible contradictions, we hear echoes of an ancient tradition that reaches back into the Neolithic. Perhaps the most striking evidence of continuity is at the southern city of Urdu, where 18 temples were built, one on top of the other, over thousands of years, a sign of the builder's desire to preserve a connection to the common religious beliefs of the past. The first temple, a small room resting on clean sand built around 5000 BCE, has the standard features of later Mesopotamian temples, a niche, two platforms, an altar, and an offering table. An oven stove outside this room. An oven stood outside this room. Eridu was the temple home of Enki, god of wisdom and sweet waters. The remains of fish sacrifice suggest he was worshipped in his, the earliest temples. Oats says of Eridu, it is extremely difficult to believe that the location of the temple, its cult, and even its architecture would have continued in an unbroken tradition from Al-Ubat to Sumerian times, if there had been during this period any major change in the character of the population. A slender goddess figurine with reptilian head contrasts strikingly with the earlier ample figures. And um, if you look at page 28 and if you look at page 25, you see uh, the thickness of the figurines. Beautiful, beautiful, big full breath, nice, thick, juicy thighs, um, definitely fertile, uh, fertile, fertile figurines, um, fertility, uh, fertility fetish. A slender goddess figurine with reptilian head contrasts strikingly with the ample, with the earlier ample figures. In examples from Ur, Uruk, and Eridu, she wears a conical headdress or crown of bitumen and snake eyes slant, barely open between puffy lids. On her exaggerated shoulders are raised discs. These are keloid scars, an excessive growth of scar tissue thought by many cultures to indicate extraordinary powers. Her pubic triangle is drawn with rays or lines. Frequently, she holds a snake-headed baby to her small breast. We are reminded of Inhuadana Inhu, do y'all, <laughs> Inhi Duanana's poem that has Inanase like the first snake coming out of the mountain. In the last 500 years of the Ubad period, a temple was constructed in the city of Iraq at the site of Inanna's temple, Ena. In a successor temple from the ensuing Iraq period, Inanna's cuneiform sign first made its appearance on several tablets. The, first, the sign appears again on a beautiful alabaster vase whose carving tells a myth of a bearded man bringing gifts to the door of the goddess, probably an early representative of the sacral marriage ritual. Um, Henry Frankfurt calls this vase one of the most important monu monuments of the proto-literate period. So, 
I add that I'm noticing that they do not reference Western Africa, Southern Africa, North Central Africa. They're mostly focusing on um, Northern Africa and the quote-unquote Middle East. And I can only speculate that that is because uh, many of the European, the um, Neanderthal, uh, they credit their origins to this area, and you know, which which makes sense. You know, you're going to focus on on what you know. You're going to focus on your people. So I do want to add that when it talks about these fertility symbols, um, you see these fertility symbols coming out of out of the heart of Africa. You see the thickness. You still see when you look at. Um, when you look at, you know, West African women, South African women, they're not skinny. They're not, well, some are, you know, of course, if that's their bone structure, but many are very voluptuous and um, they look like these figurines on these pictures. And so, you know, something to think about. And then when it talks about this reptilian figurine, remember Kuwait, uh, Credu Muata talked about that reptilian, that reptilian race, and that came out of, um, the Dogons So you know She didn't reference that material But you do see these reptilian You do um, Hear of rep, the reptilians And their impact on spirituality um, Coming out of Africa as well Coming out of central Southern um, Western Africa They have their, their mythology have reptilian, you know, have that. And if, especially the keloid, remember keloid is, is really more of an Afri- African um, trait. You really don't see white people, well, I don't say white people, you really don't see non-Africans keloid. Very rarely do you see that. That typically, from my understanding, keloids were like a, um, it's a environmental response, I believe, to to help the skin heal, I don't. I remember long ago hearing about how keloids were formed, but I know it's definitely that it's, it's dealing with the blood and the way that the blood heals and the way the skin heals is an African trait. So when it talks about this um, this reptilian snake-headed figurine, you know, it's something to think about. And, that, and it's coming out of Iraq, Baghdad. And so we got to also reflect and think about geography, you know, the, the, the Iraq of today is not the Iraq of 50,000 years ago, right? That land mass was totally different. And um, the people were, you know, I'm sure they were totally different than the people that we think of today. So just things to think about. Um, let's see if we're going to read anything else. Um During the course of this thousand years, so we're talking about um, – Roughly 3300 BCE, 8000 BCE. During the course of this of this thousand years, the expanding Sumerian society began to call its rulers kings. So this is uh, once the matriarchy has fallen and the patriarchy obviously is establishing its rulership. During the course of this thousand years, the expanding Sumerian society began to call its rulers kings, developing governing bodies for cities armed. Any of you here armed, think about patriarchy, armed its city-states, built city walls for protection, and centered its growing commerce in the temples. The offices of priests and priestesses evolved into important positions at the heart of each city, 
in this, the early dynastic period, 2960 through 2360 BCE, new urban institutions developed, creating new positions of power, while scattered rural communities were prevalent during the preceding Jemdet Nasir period. This population pattern changed as people migrated to the cities. Possibly the large temples, their cultural practices, and their opportunities for employment drew people from the rural areas. In addition, the growing shortage of water meant that food production was limited to areas near the irrigation canals. The temples became important centers for food for food distribution and formed the social and religious core of the cities. The title in en used to refer to the high priestess or priest appeared by the end of the fourth millennium or beginning of the third in the Jemdet Nasir period. This designation's appearance precedes that for the king Lagul by a thousand years, emphasizing the preeminence the institution of the temple had over the political office of the king. Mm-hmm. Um, social stratification began with the property ownership of the large households, the egal originating in Samaran times. This is smelled different than Samarian, S-A-M, Samaran times. Male descendants of the chief men of the household inherited property. Patrilineal legacy, well established in the early dynastic period, may have been implicit in the 5th millennium Samarian household organization. So there you go. They just told you that the patrilineal legacy has begun. The heads of the great houses formed a council of elders who ran the cities alongside an assembly of male citizens. The first definite reference to the Lagal king occurred in 2700 BCE in the city of Kish, by which time evidence shows there was a royal palace. The king Kishkush, the king was chosen from the council of elders and therefore was a functionary of the cities, not a powerful man around whom the city populations gathered. These great households were economic units as well as living units. Significantly, the Sargonic times, the level of literacy in most large households was high. Every such household included at least one person able to read, write, and calculate. Skipping to the last paragraph of this chapter. In Huduananas, surfacing in our century after 4,000 years of silence, global awareness, and concern for women's rights. Even though in Huduananas' writings are filtered through an evolving male-dominated society, her poetry seems to describe what must have been the core beliefs of the ancient Neolithic goddess-dominated religion. Again, even though in Huduanana's writings are filtered through an evolving male-dominated society, her poetry seems to describe what must have been the core beliefs of the ancient Neolithic goddess-dominated religions. Many elements of her inana fit the assumptions of a nature-based religion depicted in the ancient artifacts. So whenever you think of nature-based religions, you want to associate that with 
goddess-based religions. Once you get to um, the, once you get to the male-dominated religions, you get to your kings and um, divine rule of the king and 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 force and things of that nature. Um, you get to the burning of the temples and, and the covering up. Yeah, and so next week we are on Chapter 4, Unearthing in Hindu Anana. And, of course, we're not going to finish this book this month. So what we'll do is we'll just continue to take um, um, a week, a chapter a week. I might skip. I'll let you know next week if we're going to skip around. Yeah. So thank you for listening. And um, talk to y'all next week. Let me find my phone. Peace. Unbreakable. Thought that it would break me, take me off my course. Fell, pick it up, realigned with the source. Back on the horse like a diver. I'm a survivor, victor, picture perfect. Work it till it's short circuit. Think it, speak it, claim it. Secret, ancient, ancient, cadence, murder, fragrance. Ultraviolet, how I speak when I'm silent. Through my aura, borealis, aurora. It's in the bloodline, liquid sunshine, the heart. Know it and I'm doing my part. Sometimes it's switching a blink like a glitch in the link of a chain. Stay off it. Before I lose, I'm a forfeit. No bowing to the corporate, the devil's in the pulpit. Applaud this flawless, fit gorgeous. Justice for the lawless, that real rawness. Breaking the mint, breaking the mint, breaking the mint.